Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. It's Michelle Wong, and today I have a special replay of a Clubhouse talk that I co-did with one of my human design slash, like, twin sister, (laughs) Ashley Vincent. Um, Her and I connected on the interwebs um, years ago, and we our paths crossed again and she is also a manifester in human design like myself and we are in the same training together with our human design studies so we decided to do a clubhouse talk to bust some myths of human design so what you're hearing what you're going to be hearing is the clubhouse conversation and uh, we were just having this conversation and inviting people who were listening in to um, ask questions so what you're hearing is a replay of that and the ending of the recording kind of just ends because I hit the end button when I was recording a little bit prematurely but um, we pretty much finished the conversation shortly after I hit uh, the stop replay or stop recording button so I hope you enjoy this Uh, this helps to clarify um, you know any confusion around particular information that's shared around like manifesting generators like what's the difference between them and generators and manifestors as well as um, clarifying some information. So I hope this is enjoyable for you. And of course, if you are wanting to learn more about your human design, I offer readings, I offer guidance around it. My link is in the show notes. Um, And the unfolding membership group is, is more than human design, but we like the, the women in the group are incredible and we focus basically on all sorts of topics and human design is a main focus. So it's super fun. I love the container. And if that is something that you're interested in, um, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, michellewong.xo. Um, I'll also put the link. It's a monthly membership and it's a group mentoring so that there is uh, daily Voxer group access and uh, it's a pretty active group and it's also an intimate group because we just bring everything to the table and uh, it's really a space for you to have your journey be witnessed and held and uh, it's super amazing so enjoy this episode and if you liked it please share it if you've been listening for a while I would love for you to either subscribe or give a rating that would mean so much to me and uh, all the best I'm currently in the midst of packing and preparing for my upcoming travels to Mexico, which is happening in two weeks, which is a little bit crazy. So in two weeks time, um, my, I'll be sharing my podcast from Mexico. So anyway, uh, stay tuned for more. And I hope you are having a wonderful day, evening, wherever you're at. Take care. Amazing. How are you? Good. How are you? Elizabeth Chambers is doing the Yeah. 
how's your day, Michelle? Oh, it's been a crazy, it's been a really good day. I did so much healing this morning, like a lot of release work. And um, that's what you saw in that photo that I shared on Facebook. Oh, I feel like a thousand pounds have been lifted off my shoulders. So oh, amazing. I also, I was in a hot yoga class. If anyone follows me on Instagram, I, one of my stories about it was so good. Like heat and sweat and release and clearly we're on the same kind of a page today. I love that. I love it. Oh, well, I'm excited for today's topic. Yeah. Yeah. Busting the myths of human design. And, um, well, I feel like this was inspired because, I don't know, I've seen a lot of misinformation on the interwebs about human design, and I was like, and you and I are both manifestors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I don't even know, like, should we do this? You're like, we should totally do this, because it's <laughs> like, do we want to rock the boat? Maybe. <laughs> Casey, welcome, Casey. I'm so happy to have you. Hi, here. Casey. Hello, everybody. So, yes, we're here to rock the boat, and... Absolutely. That's as manifestors what we are here to do. Yeah. And one of the things I feel like maybe it's not so understood is like, because astrology has, you know, astrology is such a beautiful system and astrology is, is up for interpretations. It depends on the person who studied it and it's so beautiful and poetic and it can be explained through different lenses and it's all true, but with human design, it's different because it's about the energetics and the mechanics. Mm -hmm. And so it there, it can be misinterpreted and if so, or misinterpreted, and if so, then the power lessens. So there's actually a correct way to, um, I guess, use human design. I don't know what the right, mm -hmm. or embody it. Yeah, or, or even like, you know, we said on our call, welcome Brittany, fellow manifester in the house. Um, there is like the foundation kind of how I feel like there is the original human design, which I think having that as the foundation is key. And if you want to go off on your own tangents and learn different things, new systems, variations of the system. Okay. But there is a founding system that has originated and we kind of like to bring it back to that. Right. Yeah. I feel like, um, it has like, there's, you know, different, teachers will have their own perspective um and I do agree like with the whole like sticking to the foundation first and then after you have that foundation then branching off um and that's what Richard Rudd did with uh Gene Keys mm -hmm. yeah I mean it stemmed from human design and then when I was looking at it, I'm like oh this is really cool like Gene Keys is its own system and it's a beautiful like way to look at our purpose through the incarnation cross right and so i thought so much respect to that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah exactly so so you want to set the tone for the room and just well of course we'd love to have any questions participation like if any of you want to come up and chat or ask questions please feel free we love having interactions so feel free if you've got anything we're here for you yeah, and well, let's let's dive into some content, and then if people yeah. have questions, feel free to raise your hand. Um, I think like when I was first learning human design, the one piece that was so confusing because I was reading different things is a manifesting generator and uh, and a manifester. Like I, when I was first reading it, 
about it and learning it, I was like, okay, so what's the difference between a generator and a manifesting generator and then a manifesting generator and a manifester? Because I feel like there's, now that I know when I'm, I see, I see why I was confused because there's confusing information. And so when I look at the different types in human design, um, I look at the aura. The aura is what guides the design. It kind of is what names the design um, or the energy type. And so a manifesting generator, their aura is the same as a generator. Yep. And therefore <laughs> they are generators, um, but they're express generators, right? Because they're designed to be a little bit more efficient in their processing and their processing. Um, so I was very confused when I started seeing information and like they're, uh, they're like a cross between a manifester and a generator and that really confused me because I was like, well, <laughs> manifestors are its own category. And as a manifester, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because the, the aura is so different and there are essentially only four auras, not five, right? So as you're saying, the manifesting generator falls under the aura of the generator. Exactly. And like the manifester's aura, it is very different. It's very dense and it's close and it's repelling, which is like the opposite of a generator. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was like, something felt really off. And, um, and I think it's like, it's confusing in the online space as well. So hi, Corinne, you are here. Yeah, so um, I think one of the pieces is um, the manifesting generators are a, is a type of generator, but same thing with like projectors, like, and that's not talked about, like there's different types of projectors, right? So I just find that it's really interesting how um, there's so much harp on the difference between a, like the generator versus manifesting generator, where really it's the same energy type it's just that manifesting generators are more express, like they're express yeah. builders. Um, and they are designed to work a little bit faster and then change their mind because mm -hmm. they move fast and therefore they skip steps. Um, and sometimes that works in their favor and sometimes they have to be like, oh crap, I have to go back and fix things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I love to say, it's like, for the manifesting generators, I know there's at least one in here, savor the beauty of the process. Sometimes you may be able to skip the steps, yes, and that could really work in your favor. But sometimes those missing steps could be very crucial. So why not just like savor those steps as you're going through, enjoy the process, revel in the beauty, know that sometimes you've just got to do one through five and it's not maybe one to three cutting them out and just live in that beauty of the experience and of the journey. Yeah, and one of the things I love about Mangens is their ability to be so multi-diverse and passionate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, um, and like that, that is one of the distinctions I feel versus a generator, if we're looking at like what are the differences. Generators, I feel like are really here for like mastery, right? When we talk about the generator plateau, um, and I feel like manifestors have that too. And, oh, sorry, manifesting generators. I don't know if I said just manifestor. Manifesting generators. Yeah, manifesting have, generator. yeah, they have that too. But I feel like because manifesting generators are, they pull so many different things to them, 
that there's more of an opportunity to pop and do something else as they're waiting for a plateau to move on. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. They can like switch, they could potentially switch gears a whole lot faster. Yeah. So that was like a biggie for me because when I finally said, okay, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, that just really, it was very helpful just to know the distinction because um, there's a lot of confusion I feel like in the online world about it. Yeah. And, and again, this is, you know, we're learning the original system from raw and, you know, that's our foundation. And I do think often what can happen with the manifesting generators as well is that perhaps they link manifestation to their design, not realizing that like everyone has the power of manifestation. So I think uh, sometimes the not self of the manifesting generator could be like, Oh, but I am like a manifester. I can manifest. And this is not about whether you can manifest or not. So distinguishing that there to then ease into knowing that you're not a manifester in human design. You're a manifesting generator. Yeah. And it all comes back to the aura. Like that's what it is. It's not like what you can and can't do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so. Exactly. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Catherine. Hello. Hello. Hi, Ah, so anything else around MGs that you feel like you wanted to shine more light on? Or are there any questions from the I audience? I think that's the biggest one, yeah, that I, that's for me enough. But yeah, we can open it if anyone has questions about those two designs. It was interesting that, um, you know, talking about going back to the foundation, how uh, with the astrology piece, there's, there's a lot of talk around, um, I guess, the sidereal, I don't know if you've heard of that, Ashley. Um, Cause like with the astrology piece in human design, it's right, it's like the traditional way is a tropical method. Um, but I just feel like it's interesting. And this is where we kind of, you know, start looking at different things, which is cool. It's just what you were saying about going back to like the foundation first before we branch off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's sure if you wanna, you know, learn, learn a different way, learn a different, system beautiful like there should be no rules there should be no constrictions but um coming to have that solid foundation first and then really leaning into the aura into your strategy um into your signature like build that solid foundation first it may seem basic but it can transform your life and then move from there mm -hmm. um well another thing i was thinking about in terms of busting myths is the splenic the splenic authorities <laughs> yes, yes, yes. oh my goodness and this one i think is um i feel like maybe what it is is like it takes time so splenic authority or splenic authority however um, you want to say it is really around making decisions from our instincts and um i think what maybe because when I've done readings for people who have splenic authority the question is well what if I don't listen to the wisdom that comes up in the moment because I think there's fear of taking action on something that might feel a little scary um and my answer was like then you miss the opportunity in the moment <laughs> like I feel the confusion is where it's like well I don't know if I should trust this and then I'm going to go and journal about it yes <laughs> and I think that comes from also a lot of the coaching industry that in, in just the personal development industry 
at large having these very set ways of being and living and you've got to wake up at 5 a.m. and then you've got to journal and you've got to do this and that and that. Well, I think journaling on it is such now a widespread answer to something, yet those with disciplinic authority, that may not serve them actually. Yeah, I think um, I think that's where the differentiator is because, I mean, with splenic authority, how I mean, I'm not splenic, so I can't really uh, ex- like explain my experience having because I don't my spleen is undefined. Uh, so how it's been described, I think, for both of us is, let's just say you are, you know, you are with a group of friends about to go into a restaurant. And someone with a splenic authority, before you're about to like enter in the restaurant, you're about to like, you know, touch the door of the restaurant, you're, you have this hit of, oh my God, like we should not be eating dinner here or we should not go in here. Um, and if that's ignored, then maybe potentially there's food poisoning or something. And it's like trusting that, that inner sense, that inner knowing that kicks in and do we act on it in that moment? That's, that's the piece that is, it can be scary because I've done readings and again, it's like, well, sometimes I ignore it. <laughs> I ignore the, that voice. And I think the more we ignore it, the, the more it's just like, we just stop hearing it. And then it's hard to know what the truth is. And it's like, I get it. I could empathize with that. You know, you're with a group of friends and they're probably like, oh, are you crazy? <laughs> like, we're going to this restaurant. This is where we said we're going. And so then you could naturally just fall into wanting to please your friends or thinking you're crazy, you know, going along with what they're saying because it's that social situation which could perhaps put you in kind of an awkward position. So I love empowering this clinic authorities. Like, trust that. Go with that. It may seem so wildly different from everyone else around you, but what if you leaned into that and actually trusted it and went with it? And I think that's the beauty with human design, right? Because it's like the science of differentiation. And the more we can really like trust and go with like the what our body's telling us, like the more we become magical, like we're already magical, but the more other people see it, it's like, whoa, that's badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how cool. It's just be a woman standing outside of a restaurant saying, you know what? I don't feel like this is the place we're going to go somewhere else. Like taking that lead, taking that charge. Uh, changing up the situation like wow wow I admire her for doing that I really do I think it'll be like it'll be kind of fun like what what's happening okay let's do it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah totally I wonder if there's any splenic authorities here if anyone knows if there's splenic authority and you want to say anything about it I'm an emotional authority so I also have an undefined spleen so I can't speak for what it's like um to operate from that but again through our teachings through our learnings um this is how we perceive it to be yeah and um I'm I can share mine I'm an ego manifester um four six four six profile so I don't know if there's any clinic authority here but yeah that's a myth we definitely want to bust and just as uncomfortable as it may be to follow that. And to, if you, you know, even if you're a bit nervous, like test it out, like small situations, what does it feel like to trust that inner knowing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it, like, it's like, I don't know why, right. It's like, I don't know why it's just if something feels off. Um, and that can be used for like making decisions and like not even going to a restaurant, but like, 
investing in a course or, you know, it's like, well, something just feels off, but everyone's raving about this person, but something might not feel right. It's like, trust that for you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Usually that will never in the end. It's like, if you ask someone when they trusted that and went with it, either forward or pulled away, did it ever lead you in the wrong direction? Usually the answer is no. Yeah, I feel like it's a good, always good to evaluate our decisions. I'm like, okay, like what, like, what was the result of that? Especially as, you know, we step more into our human design and living our experiment um, to see if it's like, okay, like we all have our own flow with it. Exactly. And, and you've got to live it. You, it has to be lived. There's so much information that you can ingest and keep ingesting and ingesting, but it's actually living it that you get to realize like, oh yes, this is what that feels like. Oh, right. That's what that feels like. You can embody it and live through the experience of it versus just filling your head with all the information. Yeah. Oh, Karen. Okay. Hi, Karen. Hello, it's Karen. Hi. Hi, girls. This is so cool. I really am glad that I made this. I was excited to to hear your guys' take. So um, thanks for doing this. Yeah, so happy you're here. So I just wanted to pop in. I'm not a Sabrina authority, but I have worked with quite a few. And I will say like the one thing that um, in talking with Sabrina authorities is um, when they don't follow their splenic intuition, there's this really strong signaling of like, I knew it. And that's what I've really like in, in working with them and being like, okay, you know, sorry, I have an assistant with me. Hi. And um, th this is what I've heard from them is it's like, even if they're in the stages of kind of starting to tap into their splenic authority or really listen to it, they usually can recall times that they got a splenic hit and they didn't listen to it and it played out and they had this really strong sense of like, oh, I knew it, I knew mm. it. And so when I talk to people, um, it's like thinking back to those times and using those times as lessons and using that as the jumping off place of starting to tap into that trust. It's thinking about the times like when you didn't, but then you got on the other side, it can feel like a lot of regret for them. Mm, I love that. And I feel like that's like what the whole, what we were talking about with experimenting and living into the design. Um, it allows for the contrast as long as like we're aware of like, okay, like I'm, I'm gonna not go and follow my splenic authority um, and then feeling that contrast so that next time there's more wisdom gain. So I love that distinction. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like, yeah, with, with all the authorities really, um, usually people have a sense of times that they, they maybe thought something or, you know, and it's like, well, let's think back to the times when we have really reliable examples of when we didn't follow it. I find that that's sometimes a good place to jump off from. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that could even be a place where 
disciplining authorities are journaling, right? Like, it's not like we've got to dish the journaling, but it's not journaling on the decision, so to speak. But later, like, you could have that reflection in the journal of, like, okay, well, how did it go when I did this? And how did it go when I didn't follow that hit? And then what have I kind of taken away from that experience? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think like the whole thing with with any authority, especially with a splenic, it's it's having time to come back to ourselves so that we're out of our head into our bodies, because all of the authorities in human design is through the body, even the mental project uh, mental projectors, it's all through the wisdom of the body. So it's getting to know our body's wisdom more. And yeah, if journaling's the way, then do it, but not for making the decision in the moment for splenic authorities. Exactly. Yay, thanks ladies. Thank thanks you. Anybody else wanna chime in? Hmm, so what other um, discrepancies have you seen, Ashley, in the online space? Um, well, a, an interesting one, I don't know if we have any reflectors here, but I have heard people say that the reflector is very similar to the projector, which I found very interesting. I was like, oh, really? Um, no, I, I have to disagree. I really do have to disagree. Again, like coming back to that aura, entirely different with the projectors and the reflectors. Um, the reflectors are also the rarest of all the designs, and they also have their own strategy, their own not self theme, and their own signature. So, again, just acknowledging that um, we we must acknowledge that there is a science of differentiation. There are so many differences, and I think it may be under the good intention to try to make people feel uncomfortable, to try to make people feel comfortable, sorry, um, in saying like, oh yeah, the reflectors are a lot like the projectors, you know, to try to make it seem as if um, they are part of one of the other designs. But the beautiful thing about the rare reflectors is their uniqueness, is their like wildly talented cosmic gifts. Like, so allow them to shine, allow them to be like that 1% who are very different. I think it does them a disservice to say that they are like the projectors who are also beautiful beings. Every type, every design is so beautiful in its own way. Um, so allowing those reflectors to feel seen and heard and to shine in, in their unique power. Mm, I love that. I actually just did a reading for a reflector yesterday and I, before she booked, she was like, I just feel like reflectors aren't talked about. I'm a little bit frustrated. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's just not enough love pouring into reflectors in the online world. So I love that you mentioned that. I love them. And I, I have quite a few of them in my community. I'm also working with one one-on-one um, -on -one right now. And it's just really bringing her back to herself and helping her realize her own unique, beautiful cosmic gifts and just like really that reinforcement that she has heard, that she has seen, that she is needed in this world, you know, making them feel so welcome when often they feel unheard or unseen or quite misunderstood. Yeah, it's interesting because reflectors are like, if we like really like quote unquote utilize reflectors, they're really designed to be like the hub of the community because they have so much unbiased wisdom to share. And so it really is a disservice if it's like they're somehow ignored because that doesn't feel good for anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I think one of the, actually the misconceptions with reflectors is that they 
uh, they don't have definition. It's so they don't have fixed definition. Fixed. Yeah. That's and, a good one. Yep. Yeah. And that they are like, so like, oh my God, they're so sensitive. Like they're going to be a, like an, a sponge, a walking sponge. Cause they have all of their energy centers undefined, but that's not true. Cause they have this auric protection when they are in alignment. Yeah, they can sample the energies and if they're living in the highest expression of their design, they can sample the energies acknowledging that they're not the energies that they have to keep in, like that sponge effect. They don't have to soak it in. They can acknowledge like, ah, yes, I'm taking in all this beautiful wisdom from the world around me. Yeah, totally. You know, it was weird because like when I first was studying human design, um, the the person I learned it from, she was more rogue. <laughs> and um like the 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 strategy and authority for reflectors are you know wait a lunar cycle and there's a reason for that because reflectors are lunar beings and they really are they imprint the energy of the moon but when i was first learning it it was like oh you don't have to wait 28 days it's like however you feel which i there you know i'm all about sovereignty but i feel like there is so much wisdom in giving time and space for a big decision yeah that's it and not all decisions it doesn't have to be every small decision like let me wait 28 days before i decide what's up for dinner you know no <laughs> like let's just take our power on who we are acknowledge there are decisions that we don't have to follow a strict set of rules for but if there are big decisions well how beautiful how empowering to like sit with it and to hold this space to go through that cycle yeah I love that. It's similar. I don't want to say too similar, but like the emotional authority as well. It's very empowering to be able to say, and I know we have some emotional authorities here as I am, how empowering to be able to say that I need a night. I need to process this. I need some time. I need some space. Like you owe that to yourself to take the time and the space to ensure that you are coming to the right decision. And it doesn't have to be a long time, just however much time you need to come to that decision that's best for you. Mm -hmm. And I think like um, when people first learn about like, you know, emotional authority and just waiting, I think there's, um, I don't know, like just from people that I've spoken to, it's, it's, I think culturally or societally, it's like we're, we're taught to have to make fast decisions. And I think that's where the, the frustration comes in <laughs> um, yeah. when, yeah. you know, I think what you were saying, there's so much power and being like, I need a night or just, you know, I need some space to make this decision. So it, emotional authorities, they, it's all about getting a bigger picture just to have more clarity in it. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it's like we're in the land of instant gratification. People want things now. Patience dwindles by the second. Most people's biggest struggle is patience, right? And it's they want an answer now. They want the response to the text message now, the response to the email now, the everything now, now, now. Like it's not ever quick enough. But how beautiful to be the person that says, wait a second, this doesn't serve me. And actually it's not gonna serve you if I give you a decision in this moment. So I'm doing the best thing for me and also the best thing for you by saying that I can't give you an answer in this moment. How wildly like empowering is that? Yeah, I love that. I think that is, um, and I think it gives even other people like permission to like, okay, I can slow down. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially if there's any coaches here and if you're selling packages, services, even if you're a service provider selling anything to another human being, understanding that the wounded masculine paradigm of you must give me the answer right now if you want to buy while I'm on the phone call with you, well, that doesn't serve everyone. And not everyone will be able to give you the best answer in Mm -hmm. that moment. So acknowledging that someone's saying, I need some time is not them rejecting you. It could be that they actually do need the time to come to the decision that they may not be able to make that decision in the moment. Yeah. It's funny because when I put offers out there, like I, (laughs) it's like, it's always nice to have like for people who know they're ready. I want to like, you know, offer an incentive. And then I think about my emotional authority clients. um, And sometimes they'll come into my DMS and I'm like, no, you take your time. Like really like it's, it's going to be okay. So I love that you highlighted that for sure. It's so important just just understanding whether you, you coach human design or not, if you're selling anything to understand the differentiators between the types is so powerful because you can then begin to look at things differently to have perhaps a different perspective when speaking to people, even not taking it personally when someone says, I'm going to wait a little bit and I'm going to sit with this. It's like, oh yeah, okay. I understand that that might be what serves this person best. Yeah, it's funny because like, I have um, a bunch of friends who are emotional authority. And now that I know, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. (laughs) Like human design has like shifted everything, how I relate to people, all of it. It's beautiful. It's Kareen. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really want to say this too, because I, I feel like the, the thing to really be an empowered emotional authority is going back to that body-centered intelligence because it can be so easy to go to the head, right? We think when we take time, we're taking time to think about it. We're taking time to like, let me weigh the pros and the cons. Let me really like ask somebody else or, you know, whatever the, the ways that we're conditioned to make decisions. And so it's, it's the waiting and the trusting in the body at the same time. I think the that can be the tricky part for people. I love that. Exactly, exactly. That's so perfect. Yes. It's not about waiting and then writing the list of the pros and the cons. No. <laughs> That's not what we want to be doing in the waiting time. Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also like with, I think it can be really trippy to be up in our heads. I mean, I'm up in my head and I'm like ego authority. So I'm supposed to tap into my heart's desires. And it's easy just because of conditioning to like, okay, well, what are the pros and the cons? Like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's my heart's desires, right? So it's like for every authority, it's like the reminder to come back to our body. I feel like that, well, that's at least what I was taught in school. Like, we had pros and cons lists. Like, I'm sure even my parents would tell me to do that all the time. Oh, list the pros and the cons. And then the side that has the most will give you your decision. Like, I feel like I heard that a million times growing up. Oh, my God. When I was in university, I had to, like, do, like, homework assignment pros and cons and then do weighted with each of the pros and cons. I have to weight, like, the pro and the con out of 10. Like, there was this whole (laughs) method to it. And it's like... Oh my God, no wonder so many of us are operating from our head. Yeah, how beautiful though to come back to the body and make it like a journey back to the body, acknowledging that you may not tomorrow wake up and be like, oh my gosh, 
I never think about this in my logical brain. <laughs> no, that might not happen. You may not wake up tomorrow and just be fully in your body all the time. It's a journey. It's a process. But viewing it as what an exciting journey, what a beautiful journey to go on to really connect back with the body again. I love that. That's really, that's, that is all about, that's why I love this work. Cause it's not like a quick fix. And I'd love to just say too, even I'm a sacral authority, right? So this is supposed to be the clear cut. Yes. No, you know, right now that it, I think that there can be this idea that that's what it is. And what I'm finding is it's not always that way. Sometimes it's like I'm waiting for the sacral hit and it's not quite there, which means it's a no for now, right? So just because you're a sacral authority, you're like, I'm expecting, is it yes or no? I need to know right now. And sometimes there can be this, this like unclarity, even in the sacral. And you just have to be like, well, if it's, if I don't feel the yes, then I take that as a no for now and I give it some space. It's exactly what you're saying, Corinne, even with the, the splenic authority, how it's like um, having that contrast, right? Because it's like when you know it's a full body, yes, you know it. You don't question it. So I love that you're saying like if if you're not feeling like a, a, a yes, then it means it's a no. Like if you're not feeling this pull, then it's a no for now. I love that. And I think to add it's still moving, like then it's a no. And the answer is a no, not this well, I'm not sure, it's a no for now. And you keep going forward because it's that continuous response, responding, responding, responding to everything that's happening in the world around us. Yeah, it's like living moment to moment, being present. Yeah. So I love this conversation. It's very like, um, I feel like it's it's really good to have a space to talk about like misconceptions <laughs> and also like getting more clarity. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think another topic we can bring up, I don't know if there's any manifestors in the room, but a lot of the misconceptions around manifestors as well. Share more. Ruby, welcome. Um, well, one of the biggest ones that I brought up on our call yesterday, this specific versus non-specific manifestation now again coming back to the original human design that is not a part of it right and so learning the foundations first and building from there and acknowledging that that is something outside of the foundational original human design oh you're talking about the variables like the arrows Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think what can happen is a lot of people, well, I've had many clients come to me that like are so fixated on this, but like, but what are, where are my lines, po- where are the arrows pointing and am I specific or not specific? And they know they're like, but this doesn't feel good to me. And they're doing, they're doing it anyways. I'm like, okay, but if it doesn't feel good to you, then why are you doing it? Right. Mm. Yeah. I've, um, it's funny how like, I mean, the the whole like the body graph is overwhelming to look at if someone's just looking at it for the first time. Um, so it's like, I remember when I first pulled out my chart, like I, I looked at it and I was like, whoa. So it's like trying to understand all the nuances and the arrows. And like, I had someone message me asking if my reading covers all of the astrology and all of the numbers. I was like, whoa, that would be so overwhelming and not helpful. <laughs> 
day. Yeah, like that's not really relevant, uh, especially like when we were starting out with human design. So yeah. Yeah, sometimes like the simplest again i'm i'm truly obsessed with strategy and authority it can change your life and and i have so many examples to prove this so even just starting there like it truly can change your life so agree with that um i mean that's when i um work with clients and they're learning about human design i always say follow your strategy and authority, work with that. Like everything else will fall into place if you're leading with your strategy and your authority. And it's strategy first, authority second. Yeah, and and to go into the manifestation, um, as we chatted about in our human design training yesterday, um, the manifestations come through the throat. In human design, the manifestations come through the throat. The throat is the center for manifestation into the physical world. Like speaking into existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So acknowledging that it, it's there within the throat. Are there... And all the energy inside the body graph is trying to work its way to the throat. Yeah. Oh, that was another piece with um, talking about pressure centers, like the pressures. Um, I think it can be misconstrued that pressure is bad. Cause it's like, oh, like we, it's like the pressure sandwich. <laughs> so yeah. it's like our head is a pressure center, the roots are pressure center and it's needed to move the energy. Um, and I mean, it can be like when we're in our, un, like when we're in our nut self, it's easy to like be like, oh, I'm like this because I have an undefined head or I'm like this because of my undefined root and then start like blaming our design when it's actually incredibly empowering to to have like this if an, if you have an undefined head or an undefined root i just love the metaphor around it like the the imagery of the root for example is like a mountain a lake in front of a mountain right so it's like being in stillness before taking action and having the wisdom of being able to differentiate like what is worthy of my action um and so I love that piece and then not feeling like I'm a victim to my undefined root. Yes. Yes. I have both undefined myself. The top and the bottom are both undefined. And it's coming to that stillness first, then moving from there, realizing that there is no need to move or even succumb to this feeling of like, I have to move from pressure. Absolutely not. I'm in control. And I, at this point in the game, never move from pressure ever, ever, ever. And also with the head. Yeah. I'm also undefined and I love the, can we sit with the wonderment of the unknown and the uncertainty? Like when it's posed like that versus having to like, you have a lot of questions you feel like you have to answer. That's none of your answers or none of your questions that you have to answer. Like it just, Oh, like, can I sit with the, with the beauty of the unknown? It's like, okay. Yeah. Hi, Demetriana. I'm an emotional manifester. Yay. So we have like the same design. I love it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So good. You That's know what? So you know what's so wild? I met somebody on Instagram who, like, I forgot what the post was about. It was about throat, like the energies coming from the throat. And her and I had the same ones. And then we started talking and we have the same design like we're both four six ego manifestors we have the same birthday (laughs) that's so awesome i don't find honestly i don't meet that many ego manifestors i know one other aside from you 
yeah, we're pretty rare. <laughs> so I thought I struck gold when I found her. I'm like, oh my God. I, um, I know, it feels like so, it's like, oh, we're like twins, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How about also like, well, the power of manifestation, right? I kind of touched on it before. Like the the myth that only the manifestors can manifest. It's like that. That's not true. No. We all have <laughs> the ability to manifest, and you know, it's, let's let's learn to love our design. Let's learn to love everything about our design because you know there are manifestors who wish they were generators and there are generators who wish they were manifestors and reflectors who wish they were you know it's everyone seeing something perhaps in the other that they don't have versus loving yourself exactly as you are and coming into embodying that in the highest expression Mm, yeah i love that it's it really is i feel like um whenever we think like oh I wish I was that other type or I don't like this about like all of that a lot of it comes back to conditioning because like somehow we were taught you know to there's some parts of us that's flawed where really it's our magic yes and I think Michelle and I both are here to teach human design from the more um the more empowering standpoint even speaking to say the centers and if your center is undefined it doesn't mean that's bad and i think there are a lot of teachings that we like to you know bust right where it's like but nothing about that is bad it it just is the center for you is undefined and having it defined or undefined is not good nor bad that's just what it is and there's beauty in both there's beauty in all of it i like to tell my clients that anywhere where they're undefined is where they get to make money Because it's like where we could feel the contrast and really learn from that center and where we learn, we can teach. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I know. It's like, well, as a manifestor with undefined sacral, it's like I'm preaching all the time now. It's like, slow down, fellow beings. <laughs> like, slow the heck down. Don't burn yourself out. Like, and so many people are like, yes, I need to hear this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, we can become so wise in those areas. Absolutely. And also like, um not burning out I mean I wish I knew this when I was in high school because I was I was operating like a generator I mean my both my parents are generators I mean they barely sleep and I needed sleep you know so yeah Gosh, I continue to deepen into this more and more and more even now like I have shifted my schedule with my clients to start so much later and if you are um you know, an undefined sacral being here, really owning that and just knowing that you might just need that extra rest, that extra space. And at first it was terrifying, like what? I have to tell my clients that I'm not going to have calls with them until the afternoon, but I can't even tell you how much that has changed my life. And I've only been doing this for a few weeks because it was such a process to work through internally. Like, you know, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? How are they going to respond? It's like, no, come back to me. What do I need? This is what I need for me. And if you're my person, if you are meant to be in my community and my circle as a client, then you will understand that the more I take care of me, the better I can take care of you. Oh, yeah. I I feel like um, having proper rest is so important. And I don't, I only offer 
uh, one reading a day. And I, I, <laughs> I limit it to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I really love having like Monday and Friday. Um, and I start like the earliest is 1230. Because <laughs> I'm like, before that, I'm just not functional, unless someone can only meet a little bit earlier. I'm like, okay, I'll make an exception. But I'm not as functional until the afternoon. Yes, I know. I, I've started first appointments being at 12 o'clock at the earliest and no phone, like no responding to message, like literally nothing is happening in the first few hours of the morning for me. I'm giving myself the space and the time. And I love this because it does kind of break the boxes that so many in the personal development industry want to put people in. Like you must wake up at 5 a.m. and be part of the 5 a.m. club to be successful. But hey, guess what? What if you didn't have to and you were still successful? Like that's possible. It's actually possible. 5 a.m. sounds torturous. <laughs> <laughs> and some might love it, right? If you love it, go on with your badass self. But if you don't, then don't feel the pressure or the need to have to. 100%. <laughs> agree with that and it's almost like if we do do that it's like we give each other space to be who we're all meant to be right lack of like the judgment all of that gets to be released yeah yeah um Karine you brought up something another little myth buster so to speak I think Michelle agrees with this too about about the hermit line right and that 
meant to be a hermit all the time. And this can be kind of the crutch of some who have the hermit line to use that as their excuse. Well, well, I'm a hermit. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be a hermit. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that. I had um, uh, a client that I used to work with and um, she was a two four. And I think it was very hard for her to be in the four, like, you know, just, or just be out, um, just more front facing. And it was always like the two line was like her comfort, her blanket, her crutch. And so it was like, it was hard. It was hard because she was very comfortable in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think being in our, in our conscious one, our conscious line is all typically that way, right? Like, yeah. That was like for me it's like five. Oh yeah i make the rules you know i like to think outside the box oh that feels also good and i'm like <laughs> tell me more you know it's like we don't identify with it right away and what i found is the more that i lean into my hermit and the more that i don't this is going back to um you know savoring the journey the more i don't push and force my process the more i'm like Sorry guys. Oh. Take a hermit moment, <laughs> then then I can then like magic comes out of that. And funny for me, having the five line as the unconscious line. So if anyone doesn't know, the first line is your conscious line, the second one is your unconscious line. So how much beauty in discovering more depth to the unconscious line. And, it may not feel as prevalent and it may not feel as normal as the conscious line, the first line. I'm a four, six. And, um, I think when someone, like when I was learning about both all the lines, like the six line was like, this is so interesting. Cause six is all about the role model. And I'm like, interesting. And what I love about the profiles is like, we're, it's all about harmonizing the profiles and really like the more we are in flow with, with mastering both of the energies, like the more it's like we're living into our, our human design. Mm -hmm. And again, a journey, right? It's, it's coming into harmony with them. And it's like, okay, maybe tomorrow, for example, the unconscious fifth line, I, I might not wake up all of a sudden and be like, ha ha, she's here. Maybe, maybe not. It can be a journey, right? Yeah, and I wanted to um, I wanted to go back to the this is not a mythbuster, but I wanted to like call it like the undefined sacral because this is something that's really helped me with sleep. I don't know with Ashley how like your relationship with sleep um, as being non-sacral, but I realized that the because the wisdom with human design is if you're a non-sacral being, you want to go to sleep thirty minutes to an hour before you're actually tired. And it was so funny because when I, I started doing that unknowingly, um, when I learned that about my design, I was like, whoa. And it's because we don't, like with, with sacral, non-sacral beings, we don't know when it's time to stop. Like, we'll just keep working until we're like burned out. And so to actually give myself the space and the time of being like, okay, I'm stopped. It's 10 o'clock. I'm not gonna work anymore. Um, and even for some people, like 10 o'clock is really late. But for me, being so conditioned to like keep going, stopping and then going to bed an hour to 30 minutes earlier, laying horizontal, I was like, that was a total life changer. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. The other night, if any of you watched my Instagram stories, I was up till like one in the morning. I had so much inspiration just pumping through my veins. I was like changing my website, changing pictures. My laptop was in the bed, worst idea ever. And I just like kept going and going. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to put this on my Instagram and take screenshots and photos. And I go to bed it almost instantly later because I look at the clock. It's like midnight. Oh my gosh, I have to go to sleep. And was I not, like, pulsating throughout my body for the next hour and a half? Well, duh, it's like I'm operating from this pumping energy, which is not even mine, and then I'm not able to go to sleep because I didn't give myself the space to chill out for a little while, put the laptop away, stop the work, wind down, be in the bed, and then allow myself to go to sleep. It's like I just immediately close the laptop, close my eyes. Well, no, that didn't really work. I feel you because I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.